Episode 9 of the Florida Trail Runners Podcast. And we are talking the Lost 118. Right now, as you can hear, Mark is crossing that finish line. Way to push it. Way to push through. All right. Well, here you go. So you finish. So here's your finishers award. Thank you. Right. All right, man. Here's your first play. First place. Appreciate it. 118. It's awesome. Not just first place now, but course record. Yeah. It's the 16th year now. You have the fastest time recorded on the course. That's really incredible. Thank you. Really incredible run. Congratulations. Oh, yes. That is sweet. I think you guys were going away with the buckle because of the the new. These are awesome, though. She does an amazing job. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's killer. Yeah, so since it's a team effort here, we also have crew. That is awesome. No way, dude. Thank you so thank much, you man. Crew thank you, Brandon. Yeah. It is it is a team effort. That is so cool, man. Well done. Congrats to all of awesome. you. Really well done. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a thank bucket list for me, you know. I've been wanting to do it for so long. But I know it's a difficult race to cruise, so so yeah. I got the A team, you know. I told you. And man, what a race. Of course, this is going to be part one. We'll be talking to the front of the pack and the back of the pack. How are you feeling, Mark? Uh, I feel really good today. Yesterday I was a little bit sore, but I have a physical job, so I was moving around at work, and it really loosened me up. Nice. That's good. <laughs> it's funny that we're already talking about next year. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> All right, so here we are. The Lost 118. Welcome, guys. Welcome, guys. I'm glad uh, you're able to hop on. So I guess we'll, you know, we'll kick it off with some introductions. All right. I guess I'll start. Um, my name's Mark Burgett. So I guess I've been on ultra running for about, hmm, I'd say five years and just being in Florida. I'm not a big out of state traveler. So I just like to do the local races and, you know, lost caught my attention with some friends doing it a couple years ago and always had my eyes on it and just wanted to do it and finally got the chance to run it with uh, these guys because it's a tough race uh, to crew um, with that 118 miles uh, around the lake sometimes out and back it changes each year the course uh, it's a tough a tough race to crew so once I was able to get hooked up with uh, these guys that will introduce themselves um, that's how we started to you know go ahead and run this race all right, I guess I'll uh, I'll jump in here. My name is Lewis Coco, and been at this ultra running thing for a little while now. Um, I kind of started out, you know, slow. I guess somewhere around 2014 or 2013, and then um, it just kind of snowballed from there, and and just um, you know, really love the long stuff. And I got to, I actually met Mark at my first hundred mile attempt uh, a bunch of years ago at the Daytona 100 and he won that race um, and had set the course record at the time and uh, and then that same year my second 100 and my first completed 100 at the Keys 100 mark won that race also and you know I saw him again at Daytona the following year you know, and got got to talking to him a little bit, and he, you know, had some great advice and stuff for me. And I was I always marveled at his abilities, and it was just kind of cool. Um, all fast forward all these years, you know, Mark reached out and you know asked if I'd I'd be interested in crewing him, and and he reached out, um, you know, to everybody in this team, and and you know, we were all super stoked, and uh, uh, yeah, it just kind of went went from there, man. Right. Um, my name is uh, Tuan. I've been in the ultra running scene probably since like 2017 was when I ran my first 100. Uh, I've been like two of them. Uh, just recently, I've been more focused on just crewing. It's like the last two years. I've just uh, that's really has been 
what I've been uh, what I've been focusing on. But uh, I met Mark at Daytona and Lewis at Daytona 100 as well, and uh, that's where I got to know these guys. And over the years, we've just gotten to know each other a little bit better. I crewed Lewis for loss in 2020. Um, so that's when Mark, you know, reached out to me and cause he knew that since I crewed Lewis, I knew the course very well and all the, uh, the accessing, uh, the access points of, around the lake. Um, and, um, Ramon, uh, <laughs> I didn't know any of these guys until I met Lewis for the, uh, Miami, uh, ride the wave, uh, 50 K. Uh, and I didn't know he was like living you know a couple blocks away from me at that time and uh i've been ultra running uh since 2013 my first uh race was a croom zoom 50k in 2013 and um and yeah just kind of been doing it uh hadn't been really kind of connected with anybody or anything like that until i finally met lewis and then uh lewis was doing the daytona and uh asked if i wanted to uh crew him and he, he told me about mark and tuan and tuan i had met um but i really didn't know as as well but he was uh at everglades 50k as well and um you know, we had we did that uh, Daytona 100 together, and uh, you know um, that was it. I was uh, you know hooked on this whole crewing thing, and um, you know, Lewis really wanted me to get in touch with Mark because uh, he was a really um, great runner, and uh, thought I could you know learn from him and 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 Lewis of course and Tuan so it was it's it's been a really cool uh little journey these past couple of years to to meet these guys and uh you know learn from them and that's it yeah cuz it's always interesting that you know before we actually know each other we've been at like a lot of the same races like Tuan I know I think you got second at Everglades and Mark got second at daytona back i think 2017 and a lot of these events that we just ended up at <laughs> yeah it's a small world <laughs> so i guess like how did the team really just come together i think we uh really came together this past december uh when we crewed uh uh lewis for the daytona 100 um he had reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in uh, crewing him. And I said, most definitely. I think he realized that I was up in the area. So, cause I live in North Florida and those guys are from South Florida. So um, just being up here, it was convenient. For me to help them. Yeah. With the group coming together, you know, did you, how did you guys formulate like a plan for Mark? Well, I think, um, you know, in the, in the months leading up to lost, um, you know, Mark had reached, like I said, Mark had reached out and we talked about doing Lost. And then we were, um, as we were kind of in the early stages of planning Lost, I was also planning for Daytona. And uh, around that time, you know, Mark really kind of helped, um, you know, help motivate me and push me with my training. And, um, you know, really simple things, but, uh, you know, a lot of the little, the little things that he kind of helped share with me and, and just, um, kind of reached out to me at critical moments where I, you know, wasn't sure how things were going and it really helped me to kind of keep moving towards Daytona. Uh, some of the focus, I guess, shifted from lost as it was in February and then, you know, it turned to Daytona and, you know, as, as Ramon mentioned, he's pretty local here. Both of us are in Miami, uh, you know, Twan's in Fort Lauderdale. He might as well be in Miami as well, but, but me and Ramon are almost <laughs> like, so, you know, we get together a bunch of times, uh, with the Miami ultra runners and Ramon also crewed me at the, the octopus, um, earlier in July. And, you know, he was, uh, just amazing at you know um you know crewing the whole experience and and um i've also had tuan crew me before and so this was kind of like just a dream team coming together I, you know i just kind of saw it and it was like well uh in a perfect world i guess i would have 
uh, Mark, Twan, and Ramon crew me for Daytona. And, you know, and then, and then Daytona happened and, you know, everything went really well. And because of the team, it was a, a total team effort. And, um, and again, you know, we all, I guess we, we worked really well together. And so, you know, Mark in turn also reached out to Ramon to kind of add him in uh, for, for loss because he had previously just reached out to myself and Tuan. That was before he knew Ramon. So Dayton was, you know, kind of the their, their first time meeting and everything went really well. And again, we just kind of gelled. And, um, and yeah, so it was just kind of funny. It was like we just like rotated who was up to bat for the <laughs> it was like all right well mark you're up now and um you know we all know mark is uh is at a really uh, high level at, at, you know in in the game and ultra running and and so i think i speak for ramon myself and tuan where uh we you know we were all grateful for that opportunity and uh and also we wanted to make sure we were on our a games to not screw things up for him because lost is a tricky race um and every year it's a little bit different due to the construction you know they've run it 16 times and you know it's almost never been exactly the same they're always modifying the course and the access points and all this stuff so you uh it presents a lot of challenges for the for the crew so we you know we just needed to make sure that we were on point that way mark could just do his thing and and crush it and mark had a spreadsheet also (laughs) (laughs) a really detailed laid out spreadsheet that that was uh i I was i was pretty amazed i was like wow this this is impressive (laughs) let's not fuck this up Since Mark, you were the you know the point man on this. First off, what was that spreadsheet? Uh, it was pretty much just an Excel spreadsheet. I do a lot of studying before the race of all the crew access points, and you know we we went in. I went into this. We went into this with the with the I mean goal of trying to go after the course records. So, um, I mean the spreadsheet had the mileage for the course record. I mean. From mile one to 118, I had I knew exactly what time I needed to be at every single mile. Um, so, is with my nutrition, I need, needed to know when I took my nutrition uh, down to Tylenol, salt caps. I mean, just everything was on schedule on this uh, spreadsheet. And the spreadsheet is in my possession right now, currently, <laughs> <laughs> with with my handwritten notes on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i guess hey you know we can just start off with um how'd the beginning of the race go the beginning of the race went great the first 74 went as planned i think uh when we hit 74 um that's when it got tough um i really hit a wall at 74 um a lot of stomach issues uh nauseousness i mean from 74 on and it was tough for me to take any calories in fact probably by mile around 85 i just stopped taking calories for the most part other than sips of coca-cola because i just couldn't keep anything down yeah i think a lot of people you know kind of assumed that it was just like smooth sailing and you know mark was just like effortlessly floating along the course and all that stuff but you know he was he was pushing himself the whole way and grinding it out there and um you know there was like you mentioned coming coming off of uh 74 the turnaround pretty much sun went down almost immediately after that and it got pretty chilly uh as well as a lot of swirling winds and headwinds and there's you know there's a lot of challenges especially with um mark not being able to put down calories and tons of dry heaving a lot of dry heaving at like ridiculously <laughs> fast pace. I've never seen somebody move <laughs> so swiftly and and dry heaving and throwing up all at the same time. It was pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, and you know, and but he he showed a lot of heart because he had to keep just keep grinding and churning. And you know, we uh, he ran a a masterclass race. You know, up to that point where the pace was like just freaky, like 
how you know just machine like and precision um focus that that pace was ramon still is not understanding ramon said that mark explained his pacing to him like seven times still doesn't understand it but, uh, <laughs> i don't get it either it's it's like somehow at one point i was running with mark and i'm looking at my you know i just started my fresh uh you know track on my watch and you know he was having some issues with nutrition or just kind of like fumbling with water bottles and stuff and 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 a a a bar that I gave him and he's eating the bar and that whole process of taking the bar out, trying to eat and eating it and kind of like almost throwing up the bar. I see that we've dropped down like almost like 25 seconds on the average pace. And I'm like, Oh, uh Oh, we're like, we're, we're slowing down a little. We're struggling here. And then we're, we're just going, we're just moving along. And I look at my watch, like maybe like five minutes later, and somehow we're magically back at the exact 8:55 average pace. I don't. I don't, just don't understand how it does it. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty amazing. But uh, yeah, that that last that that last bit was really, uh, really tough. You know. Well, I'll let Mark tell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty tough. Once that sun went down, I mean, every just things just started to ache, and I mean, you just your your thoughts aren't right. I mean, after you know seventy four miles, I mean, I can't even remember half the things that were going on after mile seventy four is fake. So, I mean, we got the video coming out. I'll be curious to see what <laughs> happens on the video because I don't really remember a lot. Of it. There's a lot of Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Phil Collins. But I will tell you that these guys were vital to getting me to the course record. I mean, if it wouldn't have been for them, there's no way. I can guarantee you there's no way that I would have hit that course record. They're the guys that kept me moving. Um, I think we were what, Lewis? At mile 74, we were 41 minutes under course record. And so we lost, I mean, in the last 44 miles, we lost 30 minutes. And, I mean, I was very happy with that, the way those kept, guys kept me going. Yeah, it was, it was tough. And, but, again, you know, like, um, it's, it's hard to predict, you know, how, uh, how conditions will change and stuff like that. And, and um you know, no two races are ever alike. And even, even within the same day, like, you know, the race can go from cold to hot and then cold again. And, um, you know, super windy and all those different things factored in. And then I think in your case specifically, the, the struggle with the calories toward the end really made that last bit of grind. So, but the thing was that, you know, it was kind of built into the plan, you know, Mark's pacing and his initial target goal gave him a nice cushion under the course record. And, um, you know, so as we, as he was struggling on the back end, you know, he's, well, we call it struggling for Mark, but anybody else would have loved <laughs> to struggle like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, while he was struggling with his like nine, 30 minute miles at like <laughs> mile 90 um yeah you know we we were constantly recalculating the pace and as we got as we drew closer and closer you know i'd i'd give little updates check you know where we were at and um i think for the most part uh up until about mile 100 we were still within about like 20 minute cushion so uh you know, Mark knew, and I think we all knew we had it in the bag, and it was just a matter of managing how he was feeling because he was he was feeling miserable, you know. And and like he said, it, there was a really long stretch of miles where I, I remember even at one point he took a few swigs of water and then had a horrible episode of just retching and throwing up the water, and the only thing that was going down was Coke. So it was it was tough. Yeah. So you bring up a really good point. You know, I kind of want to circle back to that nutrition aspect to, you know, when you're throwing up or things just don't settle well. Because I know for me, when, for one, if I can't drink water, I look right to watermelon. I'll just 
eat some watermelon to kind of at least get that water in but in a different way if i can't take in gels i'll get that you know that that sugary um bread i'll just start nibbling on bread as i'm running you know what was kind of the since mark's a man of spreadsheets were there a lot of like plan b's plan c plan d on nutrition mcdonald's hamburgers <laughs> <laughs> we had a bit of a spread of you know he had his uh you know his his gels and uh you know goos the both the liquid gels and the more uh solid gels and then he had uh more solid foods such as like the pretzels and um things like that uh, you know a little bit more solid foods and then he had uh like backup food too in addition to the bars and then he had backup food too you know a little uh soup which we didn't make or but um yeah mcdonald's does it every time you know so um yeah how how many calories in seven pretzels ramon (laughs) There are 170 calories in in seven pretzels, and he was averaging about <laughs> like three pretzels. I don't know how he was doing it, but <laughs> it was. I, I I I was amazed at his ability to continue just trying to suck down calories in whatever way, shape, or form. I think I had a like a bag of like crushed up pringles or something and i was just like do you you want to give this a try and like he would try it you know and and i mean he was trying his best to to get calories down no matter what you know despite you know having some of it maybe come up so i mean that was that was pretty impressive to watch i i've never seen somebody kind of like you know scarf down you know painfully calories like that but mark's mark's a beast so (laughs) the crew itself was we had a a little rough patch too at the beginning of the race i don't think mark knew but if tawan you want to you want to fill in on kind of what happened uh yeah like er early in the beginning um you know i'm always out there to try to get you know some cool photos and some cool videos and i had my drone and uh you know, we're just having fun, having a good time. And I was trying to do uh, tricks with the drone and <laughs> I missed, uh, so I was trying to, there was, um, these four, uh, picnic tables with like a, up with like a, up a pavilion. And so I was trying to hit the gap through all four of them, lost control, lost the drone. We spent a good 20 minutes, um, trying to look for it. They left me there for a little bit while I continue to search for it, but no luck at the loss in the lake, not a big deal. Um, they get back and I, in a way we kind of laughed it off and, uh, I knew I was there. The, the focus was to get Mark the course record. And this is the reason why I always bring two drones on all my shoots. I, <laughs> I always prepare for one to go down. So I had a backup drone. And so I was like, you know, what? it's not a big deal. Uh, and we just continued on and, uh, you know, I got to run some miles in and that kind of helped. At first, I was a little bummed out, but you know what? We had so much fun. I think it's all part of the story. And of when we look back, like years from now, it were, you know, it's fun to laugh at. So uh, I think this crew does so well. Uh, it's because we we all kind of have that, that the same, like uh, the same frequency. We're all in the same energy. And uh, we, we have a lot of fun out there. And I think that's the most important. Uh, if you're having fun, uh, I think the the crew just works so well together, and even though that was you know kind of a bummer loss, it's uh, it it makes it all part of uh, the experience. Yeah, it's one. So that's a big thing too, because I know you do tremendous videos from the film aspect. How'd that go for you? It was good. Um, I didn't really get to film as much as I would like to, uh, only because that w- really wasn't my focus. Um, you know, I tried to get certain shots in when I could, but, you know, versus me actually, you know, being there to film an event, uh, my main focus was to the uh, crew mark. Um, I had my GoPro, so I filmed a lot with the GoPro, which it's a, such a great tool, especially when you're running and you need something small. Um, so I was able to get a decent amount. Um, I don't know. I got to go through all the footage and kind of see what uh what i come up with you know i'm still kind of going through everything Uh, i think i've got enough to tell the story and then at the end of the day i think that's all that matters is you can tell um an inspiring story 
because uh, I think this is going to be, uh, you know, one that we'll talk about for years. Too that that's such a for those who watched the video, that's what like opens people's eyes to like the, the actual event itself. Yeah, for sure, and that's why I try also as well. Like if uh, if I have the ability while crewing, you know, to be able to share photos and videos and stuff like that you know it's a very different experience for like everybody that kind of shares and loves in the ultra kind of running world because they're getting a a much more active kind of account of what's going on they could sort of sense like the excitement and the drama and they're getting all these updates and little video clips and things like that and you know it's really cool to um, get a lot of positive feedback from people you know with all the videos and stuff that i was able to get up and um you know and stuff too that later on like tuan was saying like you go back and you know you have all those videos for life and we can you know we can use a lot of it some of it will get chopped up and edited and thrown into the final movie as well but you know it's it just a lot of fun to be able to you know to be able to do that and have that experience and, and have all that stuff to look back at absolutely yeah that's always a big thing because i know katie she did that um that video with long haul 100 and then tuan you you did another one with long haul 100 and that it really just draws people to the event itself no for sure and um yeah and no, it was a lot of fun i mean it, we we started out like it was it was really crazy how um you know because mark is so fast uh <laughs> it's kind of weird like you know i've done enough of these ultras uh you know between rding my own races having run you know several hundreds and then crewing on you know some big um like uh events is just weird the pacing it was so fast the pacing was so fast that it was like you know i don't even know how to describe it we just kept cracking up ramon tuan myself we were like dude we're almost done and we felt like (laughs) we had just started the day and it was like you know it was like everything just kind of you know on some some major cafecito time just straight shot of caffeine the day went by so quick mark was just killing it and we're like dude it's uh it, we're gonna be done before bedtime <laughs> and, that's, and that's a big thing how did you guys figure out who's pacing when we um you know like for for this one you know obviously we know like mark is so strong and his you know his plans were to hold a really fast pace um you know i was like man ramon i i need i need you to run as many miles as possible that's how we figured it out i was <laughs> like um yeah i i don't i don't want to ever you know feel like weak at any point like trying to help mark uh you know stay strong and stay motivated and all that stuff so we just honestly it was pretty it, it was pretty go by the flow and yeah mark had an idea what he wanted to do basically once you know ramon and i we we did a lot of uh extra pacing as well in the beginning of the race we were just so jacked up and excited like on some of the longer stretches that were close to eight miles you know we didn't want marks to get too spread out with nutrition early on so we were like oh you know we'll like we'll get to the access point we'll run some nutrition up to him and it was totally uh, unnecessary but we'd, <laughs> we'd run together and we were like and ramon's like let's go let's go and i'm like you sure we should go already he's like yeah, yeah let's go and we literally did like <laughs> like a two and a half mile like out almost just to drop off nutrition and then like another two and a half back to the access point so we were doing like these crazy runs just to get you know get things going and then at once the ball got rolling and we got some of that nervous energy out then we just were like okay you you know you want to run first and you know we kind of just started splitting up legs basically we were just rotating legs um you know tuan got in the mix he started doing some legs you know early on mark did a few by himself to kind of mix it up and then once we hit that that mile 74 turnaround um you know we made sure that one of us was 
on each one of the segments, uh, you know, until we finish. With how the course is always changing, you know, how'd that course go for you guys? Well, uh, so I've been, um, this is my third time at the event. I crewed um, Joe Adelazario when he did the 50 miler. And then uh, in 2020, I crewed Lewis when uh, when he when he ran it. So Juan, uh, not that it matters, but it was actually last year. Oh, was it last year? So I yep. get I get the years <laughs> all like kind of mixed together. <laughs> so yeah, so 20. So I guess that was 2021 then. Um, so uh, I think the instructions, because the the court the access points always pretty much stays the same. Um, nothing's really changed, but. Um, since the the course was more direct there wasn't then the directions were a lot easier um the the race directors did such an amazing job kind of organizing it um they made it such a great experience because the crew is a huge part of the event um people sometimes forget how important the crew is but without the crew the runner really you know won't, won't be able to get any of his nutrition um so i think the instructions that they gave this year was just on point you just had to copy paste the um the coordinates onto like google maps and it would just take you right there uh and since i had experience uh in the past they I, you know i would look onto google maps to make sure okay this is the the next one and as soon as we get to the next one while i'm waiting for mark i would go on google maps look at the satellite image and find the next one in advance so we always knew exactly where we were going to be uh another reason i love using a drone is you can kind of scout out where they might be or scout out possible like areas is such a great tool to use um highly recommend everyone get a drone for you know crew purposes because uh, it really is an amazing tool um but uh for the most of the course was just it's um the, the out and back the directions weren't a big factor because i feel like in the past years uh we were constantly trying to figure out okay how do i get to the next uh spot so i think um, with the course this year, it just made everything super efficient and super smooth for not just, you know, Mark, but as the crew too. Like um, for the past, you know, couple years that I've been at loss, this is probably like the most, you know, with my experience, um, this has actually been like one of the, the smoothest where I didn't feel like I was, I was lost or trying to figure out, okay, where is Lewis supposed to turn? Uh, Cause the year before we were constantly, we were looking at like chalk on the floor at like three in the morning when it's pitch dark, trying to figure out if we were supposed to make a left turn or run on the road. So I think the race directors just did a, an amazing job in, in, in organizing everything. Which, yeah, I know, because I know this year there was a new set of race directors for the race. Yeah, it's uh, Scott Richards and uh, Brendan Berry. Um, they've, you know, they've uh, been in the ultra community for quite a while. Scott has a couple races, uh, both very, very well-qualified people to, uh, to, to take on, uh, you know, the lost. Which, of course, yeah, because I do the, the very humble Skunk Ape night run and the Revenge 60K. Not quite the, uh, the flex of running around the impact like Okeechobee. But I guess now with, with Mark... How did the miles go, like mile by mile, you know, for the race? So mile one through 74 was fantastic. Everything felt great. Um, you know, I was hit. I went in with a goal of uh, an 858 uh, pace is w what I was looking to run um, for as long as I could and did that up to mile 74 exactly um, with it wasn't a lot of work for the first 74 miles and then just like a ton of bricks you know uh we stopped at mile 74 at the turnaround i took a break and i think i kind of took a little bit of wind out of my run um it was tough picking up the pace from there um and then just from 74 on it was it was really a struggle and i just felt it getting harder and harder um i vaguely remember mile 100 i can remember talking to lewis uh about some times around mile 100 um but it was dark out and i think my mind was starting to go then for you lewis because i know you're you know taekwondo yes. you know i guess obviously my favorite tenant is the abdominal spirit did you kind of influence that at all for the race or see it you know um mark is a is a warrior so i don't want to take any credit for that at all i mean we <laughs> try to yeah, he's got that. Uh, he's got that built in, and you know, it's kind of. I've been thinking about this like 
you know, the, the entire race and, and really reflecting on it afterward, like I was saying earlier, like a lot of people, I think, imagine, you know, like somebody like Mark, you know, is, oh, he's just like running comes so easy to him or he's just so athletic and great runner and fit. And it was just like him just kind of gliding along. But, um, you know, I learned so much from him just getting to run with him and, and watching how he push through just um you know grinding it out even little things like you know holding two you know holding his two handhelds taking down his gels like forcing them down when when he was disgusted by them and like the (laughs) bars and you know you could you could see the the grimace you know in the fight and it was like it was a fight every mile and it's it's um at the end of the day he was running a phenomenal race and there was no one like within hours of us like literally within hours like any other person could just easily relax themselves mentally and say well you know what you know the hell with this i had a great race today let me just let me just chill out a little bit here and and back this thing down and cruise it in and it still would have been a crazy fast time it still would have been an amazing achievement. He still would have won first place overall. But, you know, he just, like you said, had that indomitable fighting spirit and just kept pushing, 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 even when he was feeling like crap, even when he literally stumbled off the levee at one point with me where his eyes were closing on him and he kind of just like, I guess, had a little moment of a trance for just a little too long. And, you know kind of went off there for a second but luckily he was able to just dial it right back but you know um we just all did our thing you know like like ramon said there was a lot of phil collins going on at some points <laughs> um you know ramon was working the phil collins i was working some of my own you know little positive affirmations and just also knowing when to be quiet and just keep running and doing what we needed to do you know you could feel it in the air tonight yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what was playing (laughs) in my head like all day and uh yeah i had to play it on my run today (laughs) (laughs) which yeah second place was sandra burris i know she went 26 46 but grant um I can never figure out how to say his last name, but I know he had the record at 1851. Did did that kind of, that time tick really come into play? Actually, it was 1835 was the record. Um, it was by a female back in 2012. I'm not familiar with the name. I think she was part of the U.S. 24-hour team. Um, the name just slips my mind right now, but it was 1835. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I'm pretty sure that's um, a Jamie Rodar, Radar, Ritar, something like that. From Colorado. I think she's from Colorado. So, yeah, th- I, th- I think the, the time did come into play because we were, I mean, keying in on that time. Uh, those guys were giving me calculations of what I needed to run to make sure that we got under that time for the last probably 20 miles of the race. So kind of like how that, you know, that last 50 miles, you're halfway done, you know, how'd that go? Lewis, you want to talk about that or? The last, the last 50, 50 or 15, you said? 50. The last 50. Yeah, no, it was, um, you know, it was, like I said, you know, again, I can't, I can't necessarily speak for Mark. I know, I know he was as he described he was really feeling it um you know i thought that definitely once we hit mile 74 so we had about 44 more miles to go you know things things changed uh and i think it changed for all of us a little bit too like i think the day was mostly kind of just felt really fast um really upbeat kind of not that it never was but like once once the sun set and um you know and mark was starting to hurt a little bit you know and then it got cold super windy uh you know just howling winds all over the place uh you know uh it it was a challenge and i was like i said i was impressed uh because you know I, i felt like every time the course pushed back you know mark just pushed back harder even though he was hurting and um 
you know, as we mentioned earlier, there was a lot of struggle with the uh, with the calories, and uh, so we were we were just trying to find the right solution, and um, you know, we were able to kind of patch a few things together. But you know, it's just one of those things when you when you put out such a, a huge effort. Um, you know, sometimes it's just the way it goes. You know, the body's just sick of ingesting anything. You just want to be done. And, um, but, you know, I, we were, um, we were able to, you know, support Mark in, in whatever way possible. And like I said, it, it turned, turned out to be, uh, you know, some, some McDonald's hamburgers late, late in the race. And, uh, and then, you know, just some Coke, honestly, after, like nothing else was working. So it just kind of boiled down to Coke and keeping his head in the game. We, um, you know, we were rotating pacing duties between myself, Tuan and Ramon. And then for that last, the final stretch was the, one of the longest stretches, uh, which was almost eight miles. So just to break it up for Mark, uh, you know, Ramon took that on, but Juan and I got to the finish in a hurry, and then we started we started coming back up the course. We came back up two miles, so we met up with Ramon and Mark with just uh, the two remaining miles, and then we closed it out. You know, the four of us as a team, and it was it was a pretty nice moment. You know, for the four of us. Um, you know, obviously Mark was pretty exhausted, but you know, we knew it was just two miles, and I, you know, I told him I was like I, I literally just measured it out, so. You know, I started my watch and we came from the very, from the finish, just, you know, I'd say we ran it up, but me and Twan took our time. <laughs> we, we were both pretty spent, and, you know, so we just casually, um, you know, we got up there and uh, we, we met up with them with two miles to go and then, you know, just brought it all home together and that uh, you know it was, it was a great it was a great finish yeah that was a nice moment yeah which mark how did you figure out mickey d's was your way to go you know it, i found that out actually when i was crewing with uh lewis back in daytona when we were making our way late in the race through daytona <laughs> i mean i happened to look up and there was i mean the golden arches right in front of us i was just like <laughs> You know, I was like, that's what I'm craving. I was like, guys, I need a hamburger right now. And it was the best <laughs> thing in the world for me when I was crewing for Lewis there. So I thought, you know, that was going to be something. I told those guys, hey, we looked on the map. We knew exactly where the McDonald's was on the course. And I was like, "This, we're going to need to get some McDonald's when you guys get there. <laughs> and it was, it didn't go down as well. At, you know, I think that was probably around mile 90. So, it did. I mean... I probably nibbled on that hamburger for probably 10 miles. Um, it didn't go down well, but it was, I was at least able to get a little bit of calories down then. And that's the biggest thing for me. Like for a burger, I've got to go to the bathroom. Did, how did you plan your bathroom stops? Uh, I actually really didn't have any bathroom stops at all. I mean, other than, you know, to, with all the fluids going in, you know, that's just pretty much right along the pathway. Um, the only bathroom stop I had was right there. We, we had a, the first, the start of the race was, I believe it was like 15.4 miles out and 15.4 miles back to the start. And they had some porta potties there. So I was able to make a quick stop there. And that was the only stop I had throughout the race then. And he still maintained an 855 uh, per mile average. I, I did. He actually it was ran, a super he quick calculated the bathroom stop in that pace. It was amazing. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Literally, holy shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like, oh. I do use a run walk throughout the whole race. So knowing that there was a possibility I was going to stop at that, that porta potty, that I just went ahead and cut out the walk breaks within that mile. And that saved me all my time I needed. Yeah, that's wild that you actually included your uh, your bathroom stops into the <laughs> the, the overall time. Yeah, yeah Mark, should, um, Mark pacing's on another level, dude. <laughs> yeah, you, you should really see the spreadsheet. I actually got um, I got some video and some video of it. It's it was very well planned out. Um, so it really made you know for us to monitor his his uh, his time and his nutrition he was taking. It just made it super easy for us to just stay on track and on top of that. Um, 
And then, you know, it even had space where you can write notes. So we were like, you know what, this checkpoint, he didn't eat anything. We would make note of that. So by the time we got to the next checkpoint, even if he wasn't feeling like eating, we would at least try to to get him to, to take something down. So I think, yeah, everything was just really well, uh, well planned and uh, which made, you know, the whole experience for the most part uh, run pretty smoothly. Yeah, that's incredible that you actually added the notes section into your uh, your game plan. Yeah, that was in case we had to do any last minute changes at all. Or you know, you know, those guys. I mean, are they have the knowledge of racing also? So you know, I wanted them to have their input also into the race. So, which I guess for we'll start with the crews, and then we'll move on to you, Mark. When was that pinnacle moment that you know this record is going down? From us? Yes. Oh, when he stepped on the start line. <laughs> it's like I was like this shit's going down. <laughs> He's like super focused. You know, we we uh, I don't know, there's there's kind of like this energy that we all kind of had that you know um that we kind of tapped into a little bit when we were at daytona together crewing together but like you just kind of feel like things were gonna kind of click in the in the right direction or like if they weren't going to click in the right direction that we were going to find some way to kind of make it happen so um you know, it's it, it's a pretty uh, impressive uh, bond. I think that we've, you know, kind of developed uh, together, which is which is pretty pretty nice um, to have. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of had this like weird. Yeah, I was like, it's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was it for me. You want to go, Twan? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I I, I want to say like when I I, I knew Mark was going to break the record, but I knew it was like in the bag when it was the very last uh, access point. It was like this is the last one. Ramon's gonna come in. You know, he's he's pacing Mark, and then uh, Lewis and I we were gonna you know run two miles up to run it in that's when we knew it was in the bag and nothing else and even something did go wrong we knew that all of us as a team kind of running and just kind of pushing Mark that he was gonna feel that and he was gonna he was gonna push to it so I think all doing that in together just really really helped uh, but yeah I think it was the very the the very last access point with like eight miles left I was like all right let's get this done and just just take it home Yeah, I would have to. I, I'd have to second what Ramon said. I mean, there was there was definitely like a a special energy um, about about the whole thing. We just knew it was going to happen. It was it was one of those things where it's like um, you don't know exactly how, you know, because anything can happen race day, and and you know you have to be prepared to adjust. But we knew, like, we just kind of felt that energy, like, one way or another, is this was going down. Like, you know, however the segments got chopped up, you know, if there needed to be some adjusting to pace or whatever, but it was it was going to go down. And, um, you know, I also just kind of in communicating with Mark since even before with my build up to Daytona, you know, kind of following how his training was going and just (laughs) knowing his training and what he did like in preparation i was like oh man this you know barring any kind of like freak occurrence like this this thing is gonna happen for sure and we all kind of felt that and then so it really it really turned back on us again to like just make sure we were you know on point and we didn't screw anything up for him um it was really a great relief after it was all over because i was like i was telling my wife i was like man you know i'm really glad we like you know we set out to do this we got it done you know mark killed it and i'm glad we didn't screw it up so that was kind of how i felt about it (laughs) yeah mark so when did you finally realize you know 
alive at that point. I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of a worst case scenario guy. I felt very good at mile 74 because we were 41 minutes under the record. Um, But like I said, that race turned so fast on me. And I went from, you know, feeling good to worst case scenario that I was really going to blow this thing in the last 44 miles of the race. So around with 10 miles left, I thought, yes, I can get this done. But at that point, I was feeling so bad. I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted the race to be over with. I just wanted to get it over with. So I wasn't too concerned about I still did want to get the record, but I just wanted the race to be over with because I was in pretty bad shape. And that's a big thing, too, because I know, at least for me, when I went out to the H9 miler, there was a point where I sat down on the trail and said, you know, F this. I'm done. It's over. Mark, were there, what were the lows of the lows and the highs of the highs? I think it was at that mile 74. I actually, that was the first time at mile 74 that I had sat down. And I think that really took the momentum out of my run. I did know, I did realize it was getting tougher just before that point. But, you know, I was like, oh, I just got to sit down for just a minute. And I, it really took the wind out of the sails there. Yeah. With the rest of you guys, did you really see that or kind of, did you got, did you guys know the insight to what he was thinking? I, um, you know, I, I definitely, I'm not, I'm not going to say I wasn't nervous for a second when he said, cause it's kind of crazy again. Like this is such a normal thing, um, for long races, obviously people, you know, take little quick breaks all the time, but Mark is, uh, is like not human. He's a, he's a machine. He's a terminator out there. So like, <laughs> you know, he was just <laughs> killing this thing and so methodical and, um, you know, when he asked to sit like on the, you know, on the, the, the lip of the, the trunk of the crew vehicle for a minute, I was like, all right, uh, you know, fair enough. Cause he was like, you know, I think I earned a little break and, you know, he wanted to get some nutrition in and just take, just take a moment, take a little pressure off his legs and just kind of, you know, just clear his head. But I was keeping, you know, I was standing vigilant and, um, you know, I don't want to be an ass, but I was kind of like, all right, we're, uh, we don't want to sit down there too long. We got to keep like, keep this, you know, thing rolling and keep your momentum going because, you know, as he said, it, it is a momentum crusher and, you know, especially when you're in such a crazy rhythm, like he was in once you sort of like let go, it's, it's very hard to, to fully dial that back. So you know, he, he knew he had built up a nice cushion and we knew it too. So I wasn't too, too worried about it, but we also didn't want that to kind of, to relax it down too much. You know, we had to still stay vigilant and, you know, keep our eye on the prize. You know, the low, the low could be that cloud nine moment. You know, what was that, that moment where you're, I mean, I don't think there was, I don't feel there was really a big, uh, I mean, the first half of the race race went so smooth. I mean, and actually how I had planned it to go, um, there was really not a big up at all for me in that race. If that sounds kind of strange at all, but, you know, I just didn't have any highs. It just was all kind of planned exactly how I had staged the race and wanted it to go. Which, yeah, that makes a lot of sense with, you know, following the plan, following the, the spreadsheet. You know, and I go back and kind of second guess myself, you know, did I go out too fast in those first 74 miles? You know, if I would have slowed it up, maybe, you know, because the goal was eight eight fifty eight pace. And, you know, what if I would have ran a, you know, a 9.15 pace? Would I have felt better in that second half of that race after 74? Um I mean, it's still 74 miles, so I still think you're going to probably feel pretty bad. You know, does that 858 pace to 915 make that much of a difference? I would love to, you know, I would love to know that. Yeah, I think um, at some point, you know, when we were heading to that halfway mark that, uh, you know, it was it was he kind of, you know, kind of bore its head and and i was like you you could just you know you can you can dial it 
down a bit, you know, if you want. <laughs> and I was like, I, I was, I wasn't even trying to tell him anything because, you know, I, I know he had such a great momentum. I was like, you could, you just take like, you know, yeah, do it. Try a nine fifteen. Just like let your let your stomach settle and let, but um, you know, he just kept powering through and 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 it was it was amazing. I mean, he was still trying to take in those goo calories the the goo liquid gels at the same time and i thought i thought naturally it was he was just gonna kind of like you know slow down but he he kept on <laughs> like almost going faster <laughs> to get to the halfway point and i was i was amazed i was like wow i mean he's definitely determined uh to to get there and you know i think I think that does help, you know, mentally maybe to, to kind of get to that halfway point and, and say, you know, okay, check. Now it's just time to roll back, you know, and, and I've built this cushion of time. So, um, it was, it was an interesting, uh, race tactic. Um, so yeah, it was cool. Cool to see. Which of course, you know, with a hundred miler, you're really down to the last 10 but with this race you're down to the last 18 miles how does last 18 miles go that's not a good feeling hitting 100 <laughs> oh, i got 100 miles to go i was really thinking to myself i cannot believe that i got 18 more miles to go and you know it was a struggle um it was kind of scary we had a moment on the uh we had to go around mile 100 actually it was right on mile 100 we were on the road so and it was dark out um so it was a scary moment at that time on the street with the traffic that was whipping by um so we were pushing as hard as we could even though i felt as bad as i did we were running as hard as we could because i really wanted to get off that street it was 100 miles at what 15 19 yep that was it 15 and i was i was pretty happy with that i remember lewis asking me what my time was at the 100 mile mark um i remember saying 15 19 but it really didn't register to me hey just ran 100 miles in 15 19 i've been very happy with that but at that point you know my mind just wasn't there i didn't even realize it till after the race that hey i did run a pretty good 15 19 there for the first 100 miles and still had 18 <laughs> more to go <laughs> big thing too because i know a lot of us are watching lewis's posts you know in the updates you know seven miles to the finish yeah he did a fantastic job with all that i got a lot of comments from my friends that said that you know lewis did a great job keeping us up on the whole race and that it was fun to to follow throughout the whole race some people are better at social media than others so and i think lewis that he excels at that just <laughs> you know it's it's one of those things where i think it's um it's really easy to just get kind of like caught up in the in the hurry up and wait and just like and all the craziness that's going on um with an event and just not post anything and just sort of wait because you're like you're stressed you're tired you're hurrying up you're frantic like the whole thing but you know again i feel like well then you know then the whole thing's over and then you sort of like miss out on all this stuff and you miss out on just making that little extra effort you know to record a little a little piece of the action or take you know take a few photos and just take a quick moment and i think one one thing that has helped me out a lot with that is just rding my own races and um with all the crazy amount of stress i have to say like that's probably the hardest part of ultra running is is rding the hardest format that i've experienced and you know but just getting used to trying to get some updates as, as much as you can um that helped me you know for when i crew and being able to you know just get a quick video get a quick photo and let people know because i know you know i know how it is you know your family wants to know how you're doing friends want to know even if people aren't necessarily commenting or whatever you know they're watching and they want to you know they want to know and, and it's relieving especially too if you're not if you're not able to like follow a live tracker or whatever, you know, you're getting a, a constant flow of information. So it kind of helps settle people's nerves. And it's also fun and exciting to, you know, follow the action from home. So I was up at 1 a.m. waiting for that, you know, that final what's going to happen at the end. 
I think you posted around like one thirty in the morning. I post, yeah, I, I, I posted a little. You know, I, I don't go live that often. I do it sometimes, but like it was just worked for me. Uh, I figure it's just easier to just record a video and then upload the video and that's sort of what i decided to go with instead of doing lives you know um because you never know also how the signal is going to be and all that stuff and and I, I just um also just the format of how like i guess facebook works and saving the videos and all that stuff i I'd rather just record it and upload it as quickly as i can and um so there was just a slight delay because he finished at one 25 54 so i guess it took me like four minutes or so to get that last uh video to upload uh, and i know i posted up like a little quick teaser and and with, with some phil collins pumping um with like i think we were somewhere like about a mile or a mile point two or something like that to go and uh and then boom yeah it was pretty much over and um yeah that was that was it I, you know it was exciting <laughs> it was it was really exciting i mean we were we all had like a blast you know being a, i know mark was miserable there toward the end but we it was, it was <laughs> super exciting how far out do you see those the lights at the finish line you can see them far out i think it was probably i think ramon what we see them about six miles out that we saw them and it didn't seem like they were getting closer at yeah. all. Yeah, we, did, we didn't. We we thought we were getting closer, but it just never got closer. Those lights, and then Lewis and Tawan said they were running towards us, and and we were like, where, where? <laughs> we were like, keep coming. <laughs> and we're like, we were like, where are they? <laughs> we were just, you know, we were kind of biting at the bit. And I was like, it's almost there. I mean, I, I, I think the lights are closer, but I'm not sure. <laughs> um, you feel so close to the finish when you see the lights and yet you're still so far away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it, it, it was, um, it was funny. Not for Mark's own. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, those finish line lights. Those actually, the finish line lights were actually from the bridge. They, the finish line was underneath a bridge. So the bridge that arched up over top of the finish line, that's actually the lights that we could see. Yeah, it was, it was so funny. You know, it kind of reminded me of, you know, Daytona has a lighthouse at the end of that race. And like towards that end point of that race you see the lighthouse light you know flashing and it just you know you're just trying to go towards <laughs> you're literally running towards the light you know and it's 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 such a it's a cool way to end a race to be honest it's i think it's it's pretty neat when did you realize that you just had one mile to go uh so that last stretch i mean we broke it up it was a seven mile stretch i think it was like 7.4 actually so when ramon started picking up the pace with me the plan was for lewis and them to come back out uh two miles so kind of broke it up in that last stretch okay i only gotta get to five and then we'll run into lewis and tuan so they hit us with two miles left and said hey you got two miles so i actually knew two miles away is you know that's where we were going to finish you know together so uh that definitely made a lot easier on me that way what were those big highlights to the race from everyone i mean the highlights for me were just i mean the fun that we had out there as a group i mean that was kind of the plan to go down there and do it together um run it as a team not as an individual and we just had fun the whole entire day that was my highlight yeah i could i just uh you know kind of sounding off on that that same sentiment you know basically it was it wasn't really just one highlight. I mean, the whole day was just fun, um, you know, just uh, spending time together and getting it done and just knowing, you know, while we're out there having fun, you know, there's that, that sense of satisfaction and pride that, like, there was a goal that was created. Um, you know, this person being Mark, you know, worked so hard for that goal and put in put in all the training. Um, you know, we came together as the team, the crew, we, you know, we made our little plans. We, we kind of came up with a few different uh, strategies and contingency plans for some of the longer segments and all that stuff. And then as the day unfolded, you know, just, um, 
just seeing all of it come to fruition really was um was the the highlight and the joy and it just kind of kept going and at no point you know i know again i know mark had some low points because he was the one suffering through all the miles but you know we really just um had a great time and and you know everything went like really smooth and and then to get to that finish and have achieved the goal and seeing mark achieve the goal you know it was, it was a great moment yeah i want to agree with uh, lewis and mark it's just the whole day was just was just a blast it was just it happened so fast it kind of just all blended in together um the last two miles just running in together that's when we we just all knew like you know we're just still um we have that energy and that um mindset um coming in and finishing and knowing that we just achieved something so epic uh you know the whole thing was a highlight but um that probably stood out to me the most is just that the last two miles finishing as a team i think that was the most like important uh part of everything knowing that we all uh were focused the entire day to accomplish one goal uh, yeah and I, I have nothing more to say. I mean, you guys are, are, you know, a bunch of really good friends, you know, at the end of the day. And, and I, I, you know, the highlight of the day is just watching everybody just enjoy themselves, you know, enjoy the sport that they, they love to participate in and share, you know, uh, highs and lows together. And, um, you know, there's some vultures at the at the turnaround point that were pretty pretty cool. <laughs> we got, you know, some footage of and running into, and you know, I was just thinking, you know, trying to achieve this this major goal that Mark had set, and and yet we're we're having you know a good time, you know, doing it, and and it was it was cool, you know. Um, definitely you know on board to ride or die with these guys again (laughs) so you know um yeah it was it was all it was all good stuff super fortunate to be a part of that which is great because it you know it takes a village 18 25 54 one drone down (laughs) (laughs) course record 2022 champion it's a lot of just magical moments it is and i think the cool i think the cool thing is that we'll be back next year to run it faster except it'll be as a four-man relay so that's our plan for next year yeah that's gonna be super exciting to see if that time just get fractionalized yeah we had a good time together (laughs) We want to do it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it was> fun. <laughs> yeah. Next year will be even even more, uh, a little more fun for Mark. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> and a little more hectic for all of us, uh, yeah. like wh- whipping around to the access point, you know, <laughs> since uh, everyone's going to be kind of hauling butt from one segment to the next. It's awesome. I'm glad I had you guys on. I appreciate it, Joseph. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you thank you, Joseph. Appreciate it. Cool. All right, have a good All night. Right. Have a good night, guys. All right. Yeah, uh, have a good night. Good See night, you guys. And there we have it, episode number nine of the Florida Trail Runners podcast. Next up, we've got Brian Schuyler, part two of the Lost One Eighteen. Brian, this year he finished in that fourth place spot with a time of thirty-seven thirty-eight. We'll be chatting with him and his crew that got him to the finish line. So I'm excited for that. Until then, happy trails.